0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are the NHL regular season is wrapping up, checking in on the current playoff race. The NFL draft is a week away. NBA regular season award finalists announced who will bring home the hardware. The NBA playoffs are charging ahead. With that, I give you our chief of our fire brigade, Rob Cowell.
1: Thanks, Colton. Good to be here on Wednesday night, Delaware, Ohio. Matt's basement live in the studio. We got the Brooklyn-Boston game just underway. We're watching that on the monitor there. And uh, like Colton said, we got a big show, lots of info coming at you tonight. We're going to start off with some NHL talk. Uh, Matt, you want to get us started off? Let's... uh... I mean there's not a lot to talk about I don't feel like in the east uh, um, other than the matchups as they are right now mm-hmm. there could be some changing but all eight spots have been set in the east so yeah. let's get started with that
2: Yeah so with the, the eight teams so far that are set in the Eastern Conference you got the, the Florida Panthers they're 55-15 and 6 you got 116 points on the on the season followed by Toronto 51-20 and 6 with 108 points and you got Tampa Bay 46-22 and 8 with 100 points and out of the Metro, you've got a uh, Carolina who's uh, forty-nine, twenty, and eight with one hundred six points. You got the New York Rangers, fifty, twenty-one, and six with one hundred six points. And then, of course, the Pittsburgh Penguins rounding out the the, the final of the the, the automatic spots. bids. Yeah, not the not the wild card spots. So they're at forty-three, twenty-three, and eleven at ninety-seven points, uh, falling kind of closely behind here in the wild card race. You got Boston who's sitting at uh, 47, 24, and 5. They've got 99 points. If they were in the Metro, they'd be in that last spot, being in the, in the uh, separate division there. It uh, it knocked them down to the wild card. And then you've got Washington rounding out the the playoffs right now with a uh, 43, 23, and 10 record. You've got 96 playoff points. So uh, Washington and Pittsburgh could potentially do a little change here for mm-hmm. a little seeding. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple other seeding things that could possibly change, but uh, like I said, the, those eight teams are are set, and mm-hmm. I mean, those are the teams that are going to be in the playoffs. And I'll tell you what, some real blue blue blood teams there. You know, yeah. it's, it's mm-hmm. no real surprises making the playoffs out of the East this year. All right, all right, yeah, pretty yeah.
0: pretty tight tight race there as far as you know points points go. I mean, yeah, obviously Florida's kind of kind of the Panthers have separated themselves kind of from from the rest of the yeah, group, but yeah. everybody else underneath that is kind of kind of bunched together, or you know, really has has a shot to really kind of change their, their playoff seating or, you know, move, you know, depending on how things go, you know, move from the bottom of the, you know, the, the standings all the way to the, to the top, you know, and, and some of those other spots. So yeah, still, still a few games left. I think there's probably, I think like five or six games left for, for each team, I think is what, what they said. So, you know, that not a, not a lot of games left, but, you know, still opportunity to, to earn some more points and, you know, Make change, some moves, change yeah. some matchups and things like that. So, you know, if, you know, if the if the playoffs were to kind of start today, you know the the matchups at least in the in the Eastern Conference would be, uh, you know, Florida there as as you know 116 points going up against the the second wild card in in Washington mm-hmm. uh, with 96 points, and uh, you know in the in the regular season the plan, the Panthers took that uh, you know took it in the regular season two two to one um, you know in in the regular season, so still still interesting to see what happens you know come playoff time obviously the Capitals are always good when it comes, you know, playoff time. They, they got, you know, a playoff, uh, a, a very big, you know, playoff experience team. And, you know, when it comes, comes playoff time. So tons
2: of veteran leadership. There. Right,
0: right. Absolutely. Um, And in and Florida, I mean, they've been in the playoffs here, you know, as of recent, but, you know, haven't really done a lot of, a lot of damage there in the, in the playoffs. So maybe. Yeah, of
2: course, they're still waiting for their, their goalie and Sergey Bobrovsky to come around in the playoffs. He always <laughs> seems to kind of, kind of shrink when he gets there he did in bit. columbus mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah and then uh then the other in other playoff matchups then you got uh carolina then with 106 points then go, going up against the other bruins. wild card team yeah. in in uh, boston bruins and mm-hmm. the hurricanes uh swept swept the regular season uh three three oh and oh in in the in the regular season wow. so see if boston you know boston is playing pretty good here here as of late so you know it always seems like it's not always you know how good you know your team is throughout the, the regular seasons like how how good are you coming into the playoffs and how hot can you get at the at the right time is, is usually the teams that advance it seems like that's so really
1: seems like it's been the case the last couple of years in the NHL playoffs like mm-hmm. a, a team just gets hot at the right time man they make a deep run
0: right right and then uh, you know rounding out the east then you got uh, Toronto um, the Maple Leafs there with 108 points going up against the back-to-back Stanley Cup champs in in, in Tampa Bay and you know I think this is going to be a if this is how it stands in the in the first round, I think this That's is going to be an exciting, matchup. exciting matchup, mm-hmm. you know, tough matchup for the Lightning to try to go back to back to back in, in the Stanley Cup, you know, tough first round matchup. I mean, the Maple Leafs, if you talk about a team that hasn't done anything when it comes playoff time, it's it's been the Maple Leafs. They've had, you know, a couple of first round exits here the last couple of playoffs. Um, you know, they've been phenomenal when it comes regular season. Yeah. I mean, got yeah. one of the best, best players in hockey and in, in Austin Matthews, and then I don't know, something something comes playoff time and they just, you know, shrink. They 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 fall apart when it comes playoff time and you know, they got uh, obviously I think it's tough for for either team. You got, you know, Tampa Bay that's obviously looking to, you know, try to defend their Stanley Cup and then you got Tampa Bay who's trying to make a make a, you know, get out of the first round and, you know, prove that they're they're a legitimate team. So, a good a good one there I think in the, in the first round and then Kind of the last matchup. Then you got the uh, New York Rangers at 106 points going up against the, uh, as it stands right now, the Pittsburgh Penguins. And the Rangers were three and one in in the regular season in in that matchup. So it, I think it's going to be yeah, pretty interesting there there in the Eastern Conference of you know who you know I don't know. There could be a couple upsets there in, yeah, in the making of I, a,
2: of I, teams. I definitely don't see any real gimmies here. I mean, these, these are yeah. going to be good matchups. You know, like I said, mm-hmm. a historically great. Great playoff teams, right. a lot of veteran leadership on all these teams. They should make for some exciting plays. I agree.
1: You know, like you said, the Panthers have kind of set themselves apart record-wise. But, you know, the, the, you know obviously Tampa Bay is a hot team when it comes to playoffs the last two years. But mm-hmm. I think they got their work cut out again. Uh, um, for him in that first round matchup against Toronto
0: yeah absolutely um
1: Matt want to move
0: move out west then and then kind of break it down or you know run through the standings there in the in the west
2: yeah so the west is uh still a little little more exciting coming coming down the final stretch of these last six games or so uh only four teams so far have have clinched a playoff spot so in the central division you've got Colorado who's clinched at 55 15 and 6 for 116 total points. Uh, you got also in the Central, Minnesota, who's 48-21-7 with 103 points. And uh third in the Central to clinch is St. Louis, 46-20-11 with 103 points as well. Then the only team so far in the Pacific to clinch is, is Calgary. They're at 47-20-10 with 104 points. And then, uh, so kind of playing out the rest, uh, the other two in the Pacific right now that are, that are in the lead for those final two uh, Pacific spots, you got uh, Edmonton, they're at 44, 26, and 6 with 94 total points. And then you've got uh, LA, who's 41, 27, and 10, with 90 total points. Mm-hmm. But following closely in the Pacific, you got two teams right now on the outside looking into the playoffs, but can, can still really get in, you know, fighting for those Pacific spots. You got Vegas, who's uh, 41, 31, and 5 with 87 total points, and Vancouver, who's 38, 28, <coughs> and 11, who also has 87 total points. So I mean they're both going to be fighting right there with LA mm-hmm. to the end to see who really get, gets in there and
0: even even a possible you know wild card
2: spot. Yeah, yeah. Th- th- those those can possibly change up as well. Right now mm-hmm. those spots are held down uh, by a central division team in Nashville. It's 44 28 and 5. They've got 93 total points. And then uh, Dallas is 43 28 and 5 with 91 total points. So like you said both both these teams can can more probably have a better chance of catching dallas and nashville 93 points that's a bit of a spread with six games left Mm -hmm. to go to catch up there but they're they're definitely still a shot to catch dallas like i said they they both still have a shot there to catch la as well yeah yeah absolutely i think it's
0: kind of similar to maybe a little bit of the east you got colorado there you know kind of setting themselves Mm -hmm. apart you know uh, as far as the points go but then everybody else is kind of uh you know bobbled up or you know whatnot uh you know and and you know, Minnesota, St. Louis, you know, changed some positions, Calgary there, you know, sitting at the top of the Pacific. So, you know, just a lot of, a lot of things I think that can play out, you know, more, more in kind of the seating and, and change the seating in the, in the West than there really is in, in the East. But, uh, you know, some, some interesting, still some interesting first round matchups if they were to, you know, start today. Um, you know, as it, as it stands, you know, you got Colorado there with 116 points, they'd be going up against the, uh, second wild card and as it stands right now we got the Dallas Stars Dallas taking Stars, taking yeah. that spot with uh 91 points and it's actually interesting Stars in the regular season took the regular season 2-2-1 and 0 in in the regular season mm-hmm. so actually you know potential you know upset there in the right. mix if they can keep you know that that streak going or you know whatever whatever they've been doing to stifle that that Colorado team in the regular season if they can translate that over to the playoffs i mean we could see a big, a big team go down in the, in the first round and uh, be huge. Right. And, and it only gets more interesting from there. Um, You know, uh, in the Pacific, then you got uh, Calgary at, at 104 points uh, and they'd take on then the number one, the you predator, know, wild card yeah. in, in Nashville. Uh, and the Predators actually took the regular season two zero and in, O in the oh, regular wow. season. So the two top seeds in, in the two, you know, divisions there in the West, uh, could potentially get knocked off if they can, you know, find that mojo in in the playoffs. So, um, mm-hmm. and then I think the one I'm I'm kind of looking at or you know interested here, and and that's the uh, the Minnesota Wild. You know, 103 points going up against the St. Louis Blues, who have 103 points, um, which to me is kind of interesting. I'm not really sure how you know how they kind of do the tiebreaker or how they you know whatever there because the Blues actually swept the wild in the, in the regular season three, Oh, and zero.
2: So I, I think it goes though by their, their total wins. Yeah. So Minnesota has 48. Right. And then, uh, St. <laughs> Louis only has 46. Yeah.
0: That's probably, probably how it is, I guess. And I guess if they have identical records, then they probably go to like yeah. regular season. matchups. Head, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, the blues, you know, and so that's, the three lower seeds so far in the West that have a better record against, you know, the higher seeds in the, in the regular season. So we could see a little bit of, you know, craziness out, out West. So, mm-hmm. and then the, the final matchup, then you got uh, Edmonton at, at 94 points going up against the the Kings with 92 points. And this is the only team that, that the higher seeded team that has, you know, they did better in the regular season. They went three and one against the Kings uh in, in the regular season. So yeah, I think a, little bit of craziness that could, could happen out West if, you know, the regular season plays out, how the, you know, into the playoffs and things like that. So some interesting, I think, matchups, again, they're, they're out West, and, you know, we'll see how, how, it, how it plays out. But, uh, you know, obviously Colorado looking pretty strong, pretty strong coming into the playoffs. We'll see. They've, they've been a team, they've been able to get to kind of the first round, but not really get get past the, the second round and get to kind of a conference finals. So, right.
2: Yeah. I myself, I'm, I'm definitely pulling for Vegas to, to get into one of those last spots. Yeah. I mean, I know they're still in their infancy as being a franchise, but this would be the first season of their franchise that they wouldn't make the playoffs. Okay. Okay. So I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, rooting for them to keep their little streak alive. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, they're always, it always seems like when they do make the playoffs, they, they make a strong showing you know, when they, when they, when they, when they, when they get in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see how they, how they fare if they can, you know, make a late season push here to get, get into the playoffs.
1: So. All right. All right. Very good. Well, let's move on to the NFL draft. Uh, speaking of Vegas. <laughs> um, yeah. That's where it's at next week. And the, and the three of us have the uh, good fortune of being able to attend the draft. So, uh, we're looking forward to that, and then we're talking. Maybe we might do a couple of live broadcasts from out there. Probably short because we've got a lot to try to get get to and stay after. But uh, we might might try to just do a couple of recordings that you can find posted yeah. down the road. Maybe here. Some, so, some some recaps of the day, some recaps of the, of the day, and, yeah, and uh, just the pageantry of it all because i'm sure vegas is going to do it up right right absolutely um, so uh first you know we did the we did the first three teams last week now we're down to the number four pick and actually the it's the new york jets and they have uh, the number four pick and the number 10 pick so this is a team um that's had the longest dry spell from the playoffs they've not made the playoffs since 2010 mm-hmm. um everybody knows the struggles but they have four picks in the first 38 you know uh four in the first thirty eight thirty eight picks so it's you know they they have potential here to really you know to do some if they make the right picks you know right, and, and right. that hasn't been their strong suit lately, so yeah um so like i said number four uh what do you got who you guys like going number four to the new York jets
0: yeah i think uh here with the with the jets, i mean obviously record last year four four and thirteen, so you know I, obviously another another team that needs a lot of help at a lot of places yeah. and i, I think you start you know start on the offensive side of the ball you gotta you know gotta get some weapons to surround uh you know what they think is their franchise qb and zach wilson's second year you know obviously first year struggled struggled quite a bit you know had some health issues you know couldn't couldn't stay you know on the field consistently so
2: he did show some flashes yeah but you
0: definitely yeah showed some potential showed you know that he you know has has the talent or you know has the ability and and Obviously, you know we'll see what what happens in in year two, but uh, I think I think the Jets needs coming into it. You know they need it need wide receiver, a cornerback, and an edge rusher, and maybe even you know offensive tackle or you know offensive lineman to mm-hmm. to kind of go there. But I, I think with the number four number four pick, I think they go go defense here, and I think they go with uh, with a guy out of out of Cincinnati, and that's Ahmad Sauce Gardner mm-hmm. at the corner position in in, in Cincinnati. I mean. The guy never gave up a single touchdown in his whole college career. Wow! Um, and in his, you know, passes thrown his way generated a 31.8 passer rating. Mm. That's lower than if the QB were to just throw the ball in the dirt every, <laughs> every time. So, you know, it, it, it's, you know, pretty amazing what this guy is do. I mean, six foot three, 190 pounds, you know, corner out of, out of Cincinnati. I mean, the guy was, the guy was terrific. Um, and, and last year the Jets, 53.5 QBR rating last year, which was good for second to last in, mm-hmm. in the NFL. And in a pass heavy league, you've got to have some corners, some guys that can right. shut some guys down. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, you know, all the wide receivers out there, and, and, and you know, in, even in their own division, you got Stephon Diggs. Oh. You got, you know, uh, start Tyreek Hill now coming over to the Dolphins uh the uh the Patriots added you know a a star wide receiver this offseason uh so a lot of big receivers there in in that division that you're going to have to go up with and and I just don't think at the moment the Jets are equipped to, to do that and I think adding adding this guy to the mix I think they definitely definitely get that um so I think with the fourth pick they they go they go defense and then I'll go into my 10th pick, you know, after you guys, you know, kind of decide what, what, what you want to do for I'm gonna, four.
1: I'm going to kind of go a different way. I think I, – and I don't think he's going to be there. I think he's already going to be off the board. But there's a possibility. I think the Thibodeau kid out of Oregon, mm-hmm. I, I like him to go uh, number four to the Jets. But if he's already gone, and I think he will be, um, I like him taking Garrett Wilson out of OSU as a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, I don't know, I guess – and if he's not available, which I think he should be at number four, mm-hmm. um, then I think they they flip um, and go to with uh, Evan Neal, offensive tackle out of Alabama, get Zach Wilson some protection. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't that low QB rating that he had last year. He, he, he it's hard to throw when you got guys that are two hundred eighty pounds hanging off your shoulder pads. Mm-hmm. So under under pressure every yeah, snap, every snap, running for your life back there. So mm-hmm. um, you know, I think a lot of that low QB rating's got to be. Um, you know, it's got to be attuned to uh, the lack of protection. So, yeah. and I'll wait on my 10th pick as well. All right.
2: Well, you know, I, I, agree with Colton on a lot of their needs. You know, I have wide receiver, defensive end, cornerback, defensive tackle is their biggest. And obviously their top targets are everybody's top targets. You got Hutch out of Michigan, Thibodeau out of Oregon. But as you remember last week, I have those two actually going two and three in the draft. So I think they're both going to be gone. But I still think they stay on the defensive side, and I think they go Trayvon Walker out of Georgia. Okay. He he put a, he did a had a great uh great end of the season. You know, one of the best defensive players this year in college football, and really had a great showing. And mm. I, I think he he's he'd be a valuable pick there. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I, I guess now since uh, you guys have gone through, I'll just go ahead and throw my uh, number ten pick out there. I, I agree with Rob. I do think they get a wide receiver early. And mm-hmm. I just, I think four was too early looking at the, the other teams drafting. I, I think wide receivers still going to be there. They can still get a really good one. Yep. And so I think if, with the 10th pick, I think they're going to go Chris Alave out of Ohio state. Okay. Yeah. okay.
0: yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you, man. I think they go wide receiver at 10. Um, I don't, you know, I, I don't know if, uh, you know, Olave will still be there or, or not, or, you know, how how it's gonna shake out. But I, I got him taking taking a chance or, you know, taking a risk on, on the the guy at Alabama, the wide receiver from Alabama and Jamison Williams. A real, you know, guy that, that has a lot of speed on the on the outside and, and, and kind of a sure handed sure handed catch guy. I mean, obviously coming off that that major, you know, knee injury and things like that. So what uh you know, what's what's that look like? And I mean obviously he has a lot of time to, to heal up before before the regular season starts. But uh just a little bit of, you know, concern. A, a six foot one, you know, guy, only hundred and seventy nine pounds, you know, a little Little lighter there when it when it comes to wide receiver, you know how many hits can he take, you know things like that. Can he hold up to you know the the you know physicality of the NFL game? But I think at, at ten, I think you you know can take take a chance there, and 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 you know I think the the risk versus reward is is, is higher for for him at, at uh, you know number ten. So I think they go they go wide receiver, get get Zach Wilson some help there on the offensive side of the ball, and and you know pick pick a wide receiver in Jamison Williams.
1: <clears throat> okay, well um, like, like I said, I think it's going to be. Offensive tackle Evan Neal is their is their fourth pick and and yeah I think they do need help at wide receiver so I had this fellow that I'm taking that going number thirteen last week to Houston Houston's second pick in the first round but that's Drake London mm-hmm. I think uh, just his physic physical size that long you know receiver that can go up and get balls I like <laughs> I like them taking him at at number ten and then you know that's going to leave Houston searching for you know, a wide receiver that's, that's still going to be out there for their 13th pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right, next on the slate, uh, staying in New York, yep. uh, New York uh, football Giants. Um, With the number number five pick. Number and five, the number, seven, yeah, number pick. seven. And the number seven, yeah. Um, you know, here's the thing. They need help at receiver as well. Let me give you a stat. Their receivers only caught five TDs the whole season. Mm, wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know. And they and but they've already they used the round one pick last year for a receiver in Kadarius Tony. So mm-hmm. um, you know that was that was I think I read there was thirty one or thirty two receivers, single receivers that had six or more touchdowns. <laughs> their whole receiving core only had five. Right, so right. you know obviously you know, but they're in such bad shape. Also their defense was giving up twenty five points a game. So mm-hmm. I just don't know where you go with this team, but. Um, to me, I'm going with uh at the number five pick. I'm gonna go with an offensive tackle and probably Charles Cross on a Mississippi State. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I gotta gotta agree with you. Obviously, yeah, the Giants uh four and thirteen last year. I think, you know, their needs are kinda Offensive tackle, tight end, maybe an edge rusher and a corner cornerback there for for their defense. But uh, you know, I got to agree with you. I think that they'll you know go offensive line with their with their fifth pick. And I got you know Evan Neal kind of kind of falling a little bit here to the, to the Giants' at offensive tackle out of Alabama, six foot seven, three hundred and thirty seven pound offensive tackle. Um, you know here's a, here's a stat for you. You know Daniel Daniel Jones was under pressure on 23% of his dropbacks last year and got sacked 22 times, and he didn't even play the whole season. He only played in 11 games and got sacked 22 times. So, you know, I think they definitely need need some help there on the, on the um, you know, offensive line. I mean, when your quarterback is dropping back and he's getting pressure almost a quarter of his times that he's been, you know, dropping back, and you're in for, you know, a long day, and, you know, the, the key is, you know, they're bringing – Daniel Jones back and you know hoping that he could be the franchise guy
1: well, but and getting hit that many times yeah. not only a long day but a short season right right short
0: <laughs> you know short career maybe even for him so I think uh, definitely they gotta gotta shore that up but not just you know from uh you know pass protection but the Giants who you know have that have you know what most would call the star you know running back in Saquon Barkley they only they ranked 24th in yards per carry last mm-hmm. year so not even good you know run run blocking either so I think Evan Neal definitely a versatile guy. Gives him up, you know, a shore, you know, on that on that offensive line. I think they go go offensive line with their with their fifth pick.
2: Okay. Yeah, I'm, with, I'm definitely with Colton here. And uh, if like you said, if Neal's there, I think he is the pick. But if you remember, I said last week, I think he's going to go number one overall. So mm-hmm. I, I think he'll be off the board. Yeah. But, but I think then that leaves them with uh, a Ikeem Ek- Ekwonu, mm-hmm. uh, offensive tackle out of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Or North Carolina State, I'm sorry. Yep. And uh, I, I think that's who they take with their f- fifth pick. I think they, they need to shore up that offensive line. They need to give the quarterbacks some time to throw the ball. I don't think the receivers were the problem. He had no time. Mm-hmm. He couldn't be accurate. It's I, – I, I think – receiver you can get later in the draft and and get some guys that can help there. Right. And this is a big receiver class. There's a lot of, there's a lot of quality receivers out there. Absolutely.
0: Uh, And then who you, who you got then with their seventh pick, Matt.
2: Yeah. So looking at the seventh pick, I I think then they do, they go a little defense and i I, looking to me, I'm I'm looking more in the secondary. I got three guys I like here. I think it could be any of them. Uh, You got Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame who a lot of, a lot of teams are looking at before this. So he may be gone before the seventh pick. Then you also got Derek Stinley Jr., the cornerback out of LSU, and and as you mentioned, that Sauce Gardner, yeah, another great cornerback out of Cincinnati. So yeah. I, I think any of those would make great picks there to seven. So yeah, very good. No. A- absolutely.
0: Well, I think that yeah, they go they go defense here. I think for the Giants at, at number seven. Um, I think uh, the slide. You know, I you know a lot of, a lot of guys or a lot of people have you know Kayvon Thibodeau getting drafted you know higher than this, but I think. He's going to slide. I just think he's going to slide a little bit here, and I think the Giants will, will take the take the chance on him at, with their with their seventh pick. They need, you know, an edge rusher, um, somebody that can just go in there and get get sacks and get pressure on the QB. I mean, the Giants only had 34 sacks as a team last year, so not a not a high volume sack team last year. So I think they bring in a guy that can, you know, the versatile guy, six foot four, 254 pounds, that that can come in and and you know use that speed, use that edge rush to to uh, you know get get some sacks. I mean, he put up. Uh, ran a, a four, five, eight 40 at the, at the, uh, combine, which was good for seventh among, you know, defensive ends that, uh, ran, ran it at the combine. And then he put up a, an astounding 27 bench press reps, which was first in the defensive end class that, that participated at the combine. So I think he has a good, a good mix of kind of speed and, and power and, and, you know, just a lot of versatility. I think the giants go, go Ed rusher here with it, with a seventh
2: pick.
1: I agree with you Colton, but I don't think, uh, Thibodeau is still going to be there. So I got, uh, Jeremiah Johnson out of Florida State coming mm-hmm. um, to that team. I think um, here's a kid that you know, 12 sacks last year. Um, you know, uh, just I think I think he had 100 or uh, 70 ta- solo tackles, and so you know he's good not only at the rush, he can stop the run as well. So mm-hmm. you know, needing that help, I think on the defensive line and end rusher. And I, again, I don't think Cavon's going to be there. So all right, I got I got Jeremiah Johnson going.
0: All right. Well, so, then moving over then to the the sixth pick there. All right,
1: we got the Carolina Panthers, yep. and what a dumpster fire! You know that is <laughs> mm-hmm. they they wanted Deshaun Watson. They you know they were ones that were making bids for Deshaun Watson, and you know we all you know reported on that that he went to Cleveland. So, um, you know what? I think Baker's going. Okay. I think Baker's going to pan the Panthers. I think you'll see that trade made mm-hmm. um, soon. Before the draft, and then I think – if, if they don't get him, I think they will go for a quarterback. Okay. Um, and I, I think probably Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh is the best one available. Um, but I think they're going to get Baker. And even if they don't get him before the draft, I think you'll see them take uh, offensive tackle Charles Cross if he doesn't go um, – Earlier, I think he'll still be on the board. And if not, then I, I like uh, Matt's guy out of North Carolina State, mm-hmm. Um But uh, if you don't – if they don't take a quarterback, and I think that Baker Mayfield is a done deal. If if, if you see them taking a quarterback, then – They um, obviously have different, they different have plans. It, then they haven't made it – then they haven't, you know, inked a deal with, with
2: Cleveland on Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I do think the Browns need to significantly reduce their asking price, though, I, I – mayfield's not worth a first rounder and i know that they they definitely want a first rounder in those mm-hmm. talks and yeah i just i can't see carolina parting with a first rounder to get him so yeah I, no it, i agree i think there's gonna have to be a significant reduction there but yeah you know i, I don't think they go quarterback here I, I think they're they're still somewhat okay with what they have in, in the shed there you know they got a
0: sam darnold sam
2: darnold there mm-hmm. who's who's Shown some flashes of being capable of being a good quarterback, you right. know he still doesn't have a ton of great weapons. Well, it's, you, uh, when you can get him out there with the with the Robbie Anderson, and McCaffrey and actually McCam- playing a yeah. full season, the yeah. Panthers look pretty good when you get all those guys on the field. So, right, you know I don't know that quarterbacks a, a big need here. I, I think their biggest need is, like you said, offensive tackle. And I, I agree with you, Rob. I think they go with Charles Cross, the offensive tackle out of Mississippi State. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's kind of interesting. We talk quarterback or talk talk Sam Darnold, you know, here recently in the in the news, uh, the offensive coordinator for the Panthers and Joe Judge said, I think maybe leaked it a little bit too early or, you know, put his foot in his mouth and said, Darnold's the starter and then like a day later he he recanted that and said oh no no that you know that
1: he was said, yeah, yeah I probably shouldn't have said that right
0: right um you know and, and so it's it'll be interesting to see yeah what they do at, at six and I, I definitely have for the Panthers a need I think QB and then pretty much any spot on the offensive line I got offensive tackle offensive guard center mm-hmm. and then you know on the defensive side I think they could go for kind of an inside linebacker if you if you want you know there but I think they do go offensive line here um you know Kind of an interesting stat: The Panthers have had seven different left tackles in seven seasons. So every season, the past left seasons they've had, or you know, the past seven seasons they've had a different left tackle. So <laughs> if you're trying to stick with what you have, or trying to develop a quarterback or whatever, you know, the blind side there, you know, having a different guy protecting your blind side probably isn't a, a, a you know recipe for good things. So I think they go go offensive tackle here. I think uh, the guy out of North Carolina State in – Akeem Equanu is, is going to be there, six foot four, three hundred and ten pound, you know, offensive tackle out of North Carolina State. Um, you know, ran a 493 40 yard dash and uh, you know, was was seventh among you know offensive linemen that ran it at the at the uh you know at the combine. So I think big big guy, but still has a little burst of speed there there on the offensive line. I think uh, yeah, Carolina goes, you know, shores up that that offensive line and gets gets Darnold some some help there on the on the offensive
1: line. All right, very good. Then come in at number eight. You got the Atlanta Falcons. Here's another team I think that's going QB. Okay. And I think um, I like Malik Willis out of Liberty. Okay. Um, I think you, they're going to bring back some flashes of Michael Vick there, in, the, in for the Dirty Birds, mm-hmm. um, he's a he's a dual threat guy, but he's got the body to be able to take the beat. And he's mm-hmm. he's only six foot, but he you know he he's 220 pounds. So yeah, I think this is a guy that can. You know he does look to throw first, um, but if he has to run, he's got the he's got the body size to you know to get that extra yard, you know, if he needs to, and to be able to take the physical physical punishment, um, you know that you know requires if you're going to be a dual threat to be able to in the NFL to be able to take that kind of beating every week.
0: Right. Right. Absolutely. Well, I think they go, I think Falcons go, go offense here, but uh, you know, I, I got them listed kind of their needs at, at wide receiver, maybe a, a defensive tackle and, and also again, an, an edge rusher, if you will. But I think they get, get some help there for, you know, new QB, Marcus Mariota to, to take over. I think they go, go wide receiver. I mean, if you look at the wide receiver group that, that the Falcons have without, you know, their what they, you know, had their star wide receiver, Calvin Ridley, but obviously has some off the field issues that he's dealing with. So we don't, you know, don't know what his status is of being able to play next season or, you know, whatever. Uh, I mean, I think they go wide receiver here. And I think they go wide receiver out of Ohio state in in Garrett Wilson, um, you know, ran up, you know, six foot, 183 pound guy. Uh, I think a guy that can just run, you know, you tell him to run a route, he can run it, you know, run, run any route for you that, that you want him to do. And is just capable of beating, you know, any defender that, that he's matched up against, I think they go go wide receiver, get some help there for Marcus Mariota, and, and and you know select the guy out of Ohio State and Garrett Wilson. Yeah, I
2: was I was looking at this as well, and you know, like you said, their biggest needs, like you said, offensive guard, uh, wide receiver, defensive line, cornerback. You know, they, they really need help everywhere. That's <laughs> that's why they're picking number eight. But you know, I, I think when they gave up on Matt Ryan and, and sent him out of town, I I, I think they're. They know it's going to be a couple of years before they're good again, so I don't think they're they're going to rush to to take a quarterback right now, especially in a class that's really weak on mm-hmm. the quarterback spot. There's no consensus yeah. top guy that everybody says this guy's got to be a, a top top five pick. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I I, th- I think they pass on quarterback, and uh, you know, maybe they try to pick up somebody later, you know, <laughs> later second rounds. second third yeah. round, right. you know, somebody to maybe. Play play in there and work out, but right. Right. I, I think Mariota is going to be the stopgap this year. He's going to be the starting quarterback all year long. Mm-hmm. So you, you got to give him somebody to be serviceable with. And, and like you said, with uh, Ridley out, it sounds like he's going to probably be out for the whole season due right. to his his uh, issues there off the field. And then their number two wide receiver right. last year, he signed as a free agent with a with another team this year. So you know their top two wide receivers gone. Right. They're going to have to go wide receiver here. And I agree with Colton. I think it's Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. All right, right. very good. All right.
1: Last, last team on the slate for the night, uh, the Seattle Seahawks, uh, Colton, you want to get us, get us started?
0: Yeah, obviously the, the Seahawks not, not used to picking here this, this high in the, in the, uh, you know, in the draft or whatever. I mean, had a record of seven, seven and 10 last year and, uh, you know, traded away their, their franchise QB in in, uh, you know, Russell Wilson. So we'll see how that plays out. I mean, they picked up a quarterback from, from Denver in that trade in in drew lock, but, uh, you know, I think I think their needs are definitely, you know, probably quarterback, offensive tackle, and an and an edge rusher for for Seattle. But uh, you know, I think I think they go offensive tackle. I think they go offensive line here, and I like the guy out of Mississippi State in, in Charles Cross, um, six foot five, three hundred and seven pounds. Uh, when when you are going up against the likes in your own division of Aaron Donald and, and Nick Bosa, hmm. you better have a strong offensive line because if not, they're gonna they're gonna have a field day, um, you know, against you. So, Charles Cross only gave up two sacks in 700 snaps last year in, 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 in in, uh, college football for, for Mississippi state. So, and uh, you know, the offensive tackle, their veteran offensive tackle for, for Seattle still hasn't signed a, signed a deal. So he's still a free agent out there, you know, still lingering out there, whether or not he'll be back with Seattle. So I think, you know, if that, if, If they go that route, I think it it, it basically says that they're not bringing back, you know, their veteran left tackle in in Dwayne Brown that they're, you know, going to start building for the future. And I think they get a a good piece in in Charles Cross from from Mississippi State.
2: Yeah, look look at this. I agree. Their biggest need is offensive tackle. And and I think if Neil, Ekwanu or Cross are there, Mm. I think that's the pick. But like, we've gone through these and I think all three of them are going to be gone. And I think then you're stretching to take yeah, the next yeah, offensive tackle yeah. here. So I, I think they're going to have to pass an offensive tackle. I think this is actually where the first quarterback is going to come off the board. Okay. And I, I really like Kenny Pickett here. He's got nice size. He throws a good ball. He, he plays kind of similar to Russell Wilson. Mm. He can run a little bit. He right. can scramble around. He, he's not a great scrambler, but he, he can make plays with his feet. Mm-hmm. And uh, he like, he's a very, very accurate passer. He can throw it down the field. I think he, he'd fit, Great in their system, I think he'd be a good, good potential replacement for Russell Wilson. All right, all right.
1: Well, I, I don't disagree with those picks, indeed, but I think uh Seahawks are going a little different direction. Um, they're going to try to recoup some of that glory from the Legend of Boom days mm-hmm. and uh, Legion of Doom days. Boom. Uh, You know, they're going to go with the cornerback out of LSU and uh, Derek Stingley Jr. Um, I like his size, his ability on the edge. Very versatile. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's just very athletic, looked good at the combine. Um, You know, I I think they they need some help on defense. So, you know, we'll we'll see. Um, But, uh, yeah, that's where we're at. Um, Like I said, that's our one through – well, the last two weeks, you are one through ten pick. So, you know, we're uh, down to – I don't even know who the 11th pick will be. I, I didn't look yeah, that far down. Sure, I'm not sure who's
0: after term. who is after Seattle or was after the the Jets, I guess at the number 10. A picks. lot of these
1: teams with, you know, two picks and the uh, in the first round, so right, right. You know, a lot, a lot of decisions, big decisions to be made. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, potential going, to going make forward. or break a franchise yeah, with these, you know, with yeah. these picks
0: or with this draft. You know, yeah, like you said, having two picks in in the top ten, if you will. I mean, it's yeah. a lot of teams sometimes, you know, have two picks, you know, in the first round, but right. two within the top ten. I mean, that's that's huge. So. yeah. For both those New York franchises, I think, yeah, yeah. this is definitely a
2: crucial draft for, for them to to get it right, if you will. Well, yeah. It's crazy. We really don't see a quarterback going until, you know, maybe eight, potential eight, eight eight 10. 10. Yeah. 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 So, it's- yeah it's definitely different than years past but I, and i think, think if the they sign. don't
0: if they don't go in that like eight to ten or you it know that top, I, I think it could be you know second round Into maybe, the second yeah, round, maybe yeah. we see the first quarterback right. come off the board or you know at least maybe later later first round mm. before we see a quarterback. So
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah i agree all right well, we're gonna take a real quick commercial break then we'll come back at you with some nba news so uh we'll just stand by we'll be right back this
0: podcast is sponsored by podbean Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code Podcast Twenty One for your first thirty days of podcast
1: hosting for free. Check it out. Okay, we're back. Um, thanks for sticking with us. Like, uh, like we said, we're gonna get started with some NBA news, and I think where we're gonna go, uh, we'll end up with our with the playoff race. But uh, we're gonna start with the season-ending awards. Um. Defensive Player of the Year has already been picked. Uh, Marcus Smart from the Celtics got that. So um, we'll go into Matt, where do you want to start? Let's uh, let's do Most Improved Player. Let's uh, who do you like in that out of those picks?
2: Yeah. So starting with Most Improved Player, uh, we the three finalists for the award are Darius Garland coming out of Cleveland. You got Ja Morant out of Memphis. You got uh, De, to to Murray out of San Antonio. Uh, I think this award's probably going to be a no-brainer. It's, I think it's go, it goes to John Morant out of Memphis. He's averaging eight more points a game than he was the previous season, and he's got Memphis in the second seed out there in the West, really turning that team around yeah. and doing yeah. a lot of great things there. So I, I think that that's easily going to end up uh, being Ja Ja Morant's award there.
1: Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that at all. I think not only like you said the the eight points, but you know getting that team to the best seeding that they've had. You know, in the playoffs in a long time. So, yeah, I definitely like I like John Morant as your uh, most improved player, Colton. What do you think?
0: Yeah, well, I guess I got to uh, say the not so fast here on this <laughs> on this pick. I, I think the guy out of Cleveland there, and in, in, in Darius Garland, the guard out of Cleveland, will 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 take home the award. I mean, averaged uh, you know almost twenty two points a game here last year, and uh, you know twenty two points per game this year, and and um, almost nine assists per game shot almost 50% from the, from the field. I think, I think the thing that might, you know, hurt, you know, John Moran, if you will, on, on kind of most improved players is, is the fact that he was a number two overall pick, if if you will. Mm-hmm. So I just think it's, you know, if, if you're looking at the votes or, you know, the voters are kind of thinking that like as the number two pick, you know, are you really making that big, big of a jump as, mm-hmm. as the number two pick, it's almost kind of expected, if you will, as, as mm-hmm. being that high of a pick. So I think that might be something that gets kind of in the, the back of the voter's mind of, you know, being such a high pick, it like I said, almost kind of expected. So Darius Garland a little bit, you know, further, you know, further back, I think, you know, and, and playing for, for a Cleveland Cavaliers team that made, you know, a playoff push here this, this year, and, you know, still trying to, you know, somewhat recover from, you know, LeBron leaving and things like that. And, and, you know, has a young, good, you know, good young core team there, there in Cleveland that I think will, we'll do big things in the, in the east over the next couple of years I think I think Garland will, will take it
2: yeah see I I guess what what gets me against Garland though is stats this year really aren't that much different than the stats last year he averaged four, four more points per game everything else was almost on par exact numbers as they were last year mm-hmm. to me that just doesn't scream most improved there's got to be somewhere that your stats jump off the page that mm-hmm. you know yeah. you really got better in the off season. Right. I just don't see a lot of that with Garland. Mm-hmm. I think Murray actually has a couple of stats that really show he got got better from a year ago. He ended up averaging six more points. He's averaging four more assists, and th- th- that's at least two stat categories. You know, he he made a I don't know if you call it a significant increase or not, but I I, I guess I mean six points. That's that's mm-hmm. you know that's nothing sizable. to sneeze at. Four four assists. You know that's. Yeah, you know, I think yeah. That those are decent improvements. Yeah. So right. I, I don't know. I, I think it it comes down to Morant and Murray, and I just think Morant gets it just because of how good Memphis was. I, sure. I, I
1: think that's what wins it for him too. I think um, maybe if the Cavs would have you know won their play-in game and mm-hmm. got into the playoffs, where he would have got my, maybe more to the into the voters' minds, maybe a little bit more. Um, you know, I don't know. I, but yeah, I like John Morant. Mm-hmm. Um, how about your coach of the year? Like I know the. Uh, the finalist for Monty Williams from Phoenix that are exposed from the heat and uh, from the Grizz um what's what's your pick on that
0: yeah I think uh this is maybe maybe an easy one maybe not I I like to coach out of of Phoenix uh Monty Williams there and with, with with Phoenix I mean he finished finished second last year in the in the voting for this award and I think this year you know Went uh, sixty four and eighteen in the regular season with, with Phoenix. Um, best you know best regular season not only in the NBA this year, but best record in, in team history as well. And I think, you know, what what we kind of you know forget is that yeah, this team went to the finals last year and 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 you know had had a shortcoming there in the finals. And for them to come back and do what they did, you know, after making the finals, I mean, it's it it's historically you know you look at the trends teams that just make the finals last year, sometimes they don't even make it back to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And and then for the Phoenix Suns to not only make it into the playoffs, but then have the best record in the NBA, I think that has a lot to do. We, we talk about, you know, a lot of these other teams that have, you know, superstars and stuff like that. And, you know, Phoenix has their, you know, different guys that that can score and, you know, do different things for them on different nights. But I think this is definitely a, a team game. And I think that coaching really comes into play there with, with Monty Williams. And I think, uh, yeah, he'll be, be taking home the, the hardware for nba coach of the year i well,
1: agree with you on a lot of those points colton <laughs> um i think that's and you listen to the the players out there that like colton said they play as a team it's a team game for them um and i think more so than a lot of these nba teams where uh, to me it's almost like the coach is more of a figurehead than uh-huh. an actual, actual coach but i i see I see some quality stuff being done with, with, uh, role players out there in mm-hmm. Phoenix. So I, I got to give the nod to Monty Williams as well.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, going, going through these awards, I think that we can uh, show that we don't all seem to agree on everything right, here. Right. Cause you know, I, I agree. Monty Williams has done a great job out in Phoenix, but he was supposed to be good. That team was supposed to be good. They, they didn't, I mean, they improved some on last year's, but not a ton and where To me, you look at Taylor Jenkins, the job he did at Memphis, they went from 38, 34, almost a 500 record a year ago, a 56 and 26 the second best team in the west Mm -hmm. that's a huge jump i I think he did a heck of a job i I think he's most deserving of coach of the year yeah i
0: think definitely it's gonna be it's gonna be a close one i think
2: between between those two i think Mm -hmm. really
0: is gonna be uh yeah an interesting one um but yeah it'll be interesting to see how the how the voters you know play that one out but yeah i think it definitely a kind of a close first second place there Mm -hmm. um you know and I don't think you could be disappointed, I think, with, with either No, either both choice. are great candidates.
1: Yeah, yeah I sure. agree. All right, let's go a little <laughs> different direction here. Let's go uh, sixth man of the year. Matt, who you like coming out of the uh, – Tyler Hero from the Miami Heat, Cam Johnson from the Suns, or Kevin uh, – this surprised me – Kevin Love from the Cavs.
2: Yeah, that surprised me when I read that as well. Yeah. But to, to me, this is runaway – Easiest pick of all of these, it's Tyler Hero out of Miami. Dude averaged 20.7 points a game off the bench, mm-hmm. 4.7 rebounds, 3.2 assists. I mean, he did a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. And I, with, without Tyler Hero, Miami's not where they are. Mm-hmm. The, the, the guy could, could be a starter just about on A team in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I think he could be a starter in Miami, really. But yeah. I, I think he, he works great off the bench. That. No, no brainer right here. That, that's your sixth man of the year.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. I got I got Tyler Hero as the as the sixth man here winning it. And it's funny you say that. I mean, he used to be a starter on this on this yeah, e that's team, what I was say. And, and, and took a you know they they came to him and said you know hey, do you mind coming off the bench? I mean, he embraced the role. I mean, and and if you look at kind of his minutes per game, he almost gets starter like starter minutes. you know minutes per game anyways. And I think yeah, the the points you look at it he's coming off the bench and he's the second leading scorer on the team. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive coming, coming off the bench only behind, you know, all-star, you know, Jimmy Butler there for the heat. So I think, yeah, this one's pretty, pretty clear cut that, that hero is going to, going to take it home. Um, you know, I think the other guys definitely, you know, are, are, are formidable or, you know, are, are supposed to be there, but mm-hmm. I just think, you know, healer or hero sets himself uh, apart there amongst those other
1: guys. Well, let's just make this one three for three. <laughs> Cause I mean, I, I don't, and I don't really know what else I can add that you guys didn't already say. Other than you know, like said, like Holt said, you know, he, he has been a starter at times. You know, whether it was due to injury or you know different lineups on the on the floor, but uh, you know, for this kid to you know take that six man role and just do the things that he's doing off the bench are are just, are just incredible. Such an
2: unselfish player. You yeah. you got to love the attitude. of, I don't, I don't care when I play. I'm gonna do the best I can when I'm and out. And to there. have
1: yourself ready to come out yeah. and put those kind of points off. Yeah. You know, put those kind of points up coming in cold when, off yeah, the kind bench. Yeah, kind of cold off
2: the bench. Right, yeah.
1: right. So, all right, how about rookie of the year? You got Scotty Barnes from Toronto, Cade Cunningham from Detroit, and Evan Mobley from the Cavs.
0: Yeah, I guess I'll I'll start this one off. And I, I think for me, I got to go, uh, I've got to go Scotty Barnes, the, the power forward out of Toronto. And I think for me, it's 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 yeah. He, he's averaging 15 points, you know, per game. But I think for me, it's it's he's able to do things on both ends of the of the court. So you know, not only is he putting up points, but he he averages seven and a half rebounds, three and a half assists, shooting almost 50 percent from the field, and has almost you know two steals per game as as well. So I think. He's just a very versatile player that plays on both ends of the ends of the court not just you know offensively but does it does very well and you know matches up against some of the best players on, on other teams on the defensive side too so i think just the versatility for me is what you know kind of sets him apart there for from from the other guys in that in that rookie class
2: yeah so as much as a runaway as the six man of the year award was rookie of the year the i think it's pretty it's, tight it's, yeah it's pretty tight it's yeah. anybody's game yeah. but you know just based on stats alone i'm going with Cade cunningham He averaged 17.4 <laughs> points per game which is the most out of the, the three that are up for the award mm-hmm. he had a 5.5 rebounds second most of uh, i know was third most rebounds of the three but he's also the smallest of the three right right and then he had a 5.6 assists which is the most assists of the three that are up for the award so that's mm-hmm. stats alone i'm going with Cade cunningham but it, it's all, all three of these guys are deserving of yeah, the award. Yeah, it's I, that close. I definitely went back and forth when I was kind of doing
0: some research. I mean, I, I at one point had, I think, all three of them as, as my pick or whatever. So I did, it definitely was not not an easy one. I think any of these three guys are, are well
2: deserving of, of uh, the award. I, I think what does help Scotty Barnes, though, is their, their success this year as a team and yeah. them getting into the playoffs, being mm-hmm. a five-seed there. Yeah, yeah, right, I, right, right. I, I, I don't disagree else. with that, man. Right.
1: I think uh, I, I got to agree with Colton on this one. I like the – you know the kid coming out of Florida State, Scotty Barnes. You know shooting almost fifty percent from the floor. You know as a rookie, and this kid's young too. He's mm-hmm. only twenty years old. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, obviously, all these rookies are young, but you know he just just now twenty years old. So, you know, just to be able to do the things that he's done at that age, you know, the playing against full grown men out
2: there. You know, right. you're playing in the-
0: for, for for a team that, like you said, probably doesn't necessarily need him to do what he does. You know, on a consistent night, since mm-hmm. they're you know. Have a little bit more, you know, surrounding them or you know, maybe a little bit better team, if you will. So for him to do what he did as as a rookie on a on kind of a playoff caliber team, like that's that, that's pretty impressive for me.
2: All right. Uh, just on, on a quick side note, uh, since we're talking about rookie of the year, a guy who won't be winning rookie of the year next year, Oscar Shibway out of Kentucky, announced today he's coming back for. The senior season in Kentucky. Really? I did not read that. Yeah, I
0: saw that's I saw awesome. that. You know, wooden well, so I, I
2: just thought I could throw that in. You know, right. That's awesome. Good year. for Oscar. Yeah. I'm glad
0: yeah, to I mean, hear that. Won the won the Wooden Award, you know, as the best player in college basketball this back. past season and decides to, you know, still come feels back. like
1: he's got work to do. Yeah. I I that's that pretty awesome. That, that, definitely like puts that. Kentucky
0: at the top of the boards yeah. of you know, good for
1: Oscar, but good for Kentucky yeah. too. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well that's that's cool, man. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, and then uh, the last, you know, the last one and, I, you know, the biggest one I think that draws the most attention, uh, the MVP. So, you know, the usual suspects here, it seems, um, mm-hmm. you know, Giannis out of Milwaukee, Embiid out of Philadelphia, and the Joker out of Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know. This to me is <laughs> to any of the yeah. three of them because, yeah, but tough. I'm going to go, I'll start off on this one. I'm going to go with the guy I've been with the whole time, and that's Joel. I yeah. think – you know, I've been, I've been, you know, you know, singing his praises for, you know, the most of the season here. I just think he seems like a guy on a mission and just, you know, he's kept himself healthy for the most part this year and just, you know, I, I, he's a monster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think, you know, they're finding that out in the playoffs right now. Toronto's finding out that they don't have anybody that can guard him. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. Um, I think, yeah, it's kind of, kind of interesting, if you will. It's, it's kind of a changing. Of the guard, you know, no pun intended, but we got three guys that are, you know, big man that are, that are, you know, in the finalists for, for, you know, MVP here, which is, you know, strange to see or, you know, different mean, different than what we're used to seeing in the sense of, you know, how today's NBA is of, you know, kind of three point shooting and, you know, guard heavy and, you know, kind of small ball lineup sometimes. And we got, you know, three guys in here that are, you know, over seven foot that are, you know, playing, you know, buying for this award. So, for me, I I gotta go with uh you know I gotta go with the Joker. I gotta go with Nikola Jokic there at out of Denver. I mean you well you know won MVP last year obviously, but you know for me that this year he's putting up even better numbers this year than he did last year than when he won MVP. The guy leads the league in triple doubles with with almost twenty triple doubles. Leads the league in double doubles with almost seventy, and and total he leads the league in total rebounds in a little over a thousand rebounds you know on, on the season. Uh, you know, I, I think this does a lot, a lot of stuff. I mean, 27 points per game, 13 rebounds per game, almost eight assists per game, one and a half steals per game. I think just a lot for that for that Denver team. And, and if you look at this Denver team, I mean, where would they be with without him? I mean, they have a lot of injuries this year. Without him, I, this team is in the lottery. They're, they're maybe in the top three of, right. of picking. And, and, and so I just think that without him, and I, you're seeing it in their playoff matchup with. With Golden State, he's he's doing everything he can, but at the end of the day, there's always so much. I mean, he's only that one get, guy can do right, yeah. and so I think you know, as as you know, the definition of you know MVP for me is. What do you mean the most to your team? And, right. and to me there's
2: nobody that means more to their team than, than Nikola Jokic. Yeah, I mean you look at like a guy like Anna Takumba, without him they still have Middleton, they still have Drew uh, Holiday, Drew Holiday Drew there. Holiday, so, yeah. you know, they got they got plenty of extra guys there. You know, Philadelphia obviously they have Harden now. Yep. And they've got some other guys on that team as well. With Denver, they're, they're, it's Jokic and there's nobody else. Right, right. So he's got this team contending by himself. Mm. And his numbers are right there with the other two. He's only three points per game behind the other ones. But, like you said, he's got more more rebounds a game, more assists per game, like more steals per game than the other two. He, he truly does it all. So, I'm, I'm with Colton on this one. I, I think it's Jokic's Jokic award. All right.
1: I, I That's probably the way it's going to go, <laughs> just because of the points that you guys made. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just like the way Joel's playing and, you know, uh, improved his game, it seems like, and just seems to be a guy that won't be denied right now. So. All right. All right. Well, so on to the playoffs. Um, yeah, I didn't know how to approach this, but I, I think the best way for me to look at it is maybe get a couple of the series out of the way that, you know, we're not really surprised by. And I think the easiest one for me that, you know, seeing a team that's up 2 0, and that's the Heat over the Hawks. Okay. Um, you know, I'm not surprised by this. I think, you know, that, that Miami is the you know, superior team here. I look for this one to end early. So, yeah, it's like I said, right now it's 2-0. Going back to Atlanta. Yeah. So, I don't know. Give me your guys' thoughts on this series.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I I think for me the big surprising thing, and maybe not so surprising, but it's been Miami's defense. And they've been, you know, a defensive-minded team, you know, a lot. And and, and Eric Spolster has them playing, you know, a a good team defense. And it's just for me how impressive they've been at limiting Trey Young in, in, in this series. I mean, in the first game he shot one from one of 12 from the, from the field, you know, not a huge factor. I think Mm -hmm. only had eight points in that first game, you know, and obviously it shows in the scoring that, you know, they pretty much got blown out of the gym. Now the second game, I I watched a little bit of it and it looked like the Hawks, you know, had maybe found some rhythm and, 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 you know, came out and kind of punched, you know, the heat in the mouth and, you know, kind of matched them blow for blow. But in the end, Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler was just too much, too much for him in that, in that game too. And once again, Trey Young struggled. He had 10 turnovers just yeah. by himself. Yeah, they
1: got that game close there in it? But yeah. like I said, Colt said, uh, Jimmy Butler took over in the fourth quarter. Right,
0: and, and and in that game, I mean, the Hawks had almost 20, 20 turnovers as a team, mm. which translated to 21 points for the Heat. You're so not you, going to
1: win the win turning the ball over 20 times. Right, so That's I just sure. think, yeah,
0: the, the defense for the Heat been, has been kind of the the, you know, factor in this one, and yeah, I don't expect this to – be much different going back to back to atlanta I, I think the heat could potentially sweep sweep this thing
2: yeah i, I could see this being a real sweep the, the heat have won both games by an <laughs> average of 15 points or more right. and I, I you know atlanta may be able to to cut into that a little bit but i don't think they're going to do enough to, to, to take any wins in this series i think miami sweeps yeah
1: okay well the other the other series that well there's two other series that are 2-0 um and that's the nuggets versus the warrior you surprised at all by that fellas
0: yeah no i don't think so i mean we, we talked about it when i talked about Jokic. i mean he's doing everything he possibly can out there but they just don't have the weapons to match
1: blow for blow with
0: with uh, golden state i mean it, it's just crazy i mean you thought okay yeah steph comes back what's he gonna look like I mean, the man comes <laughs> off the bench in 34 minutes and, or you know scores 34 points coming off the bench right. i mean you're not gonna beat a team and then you know in game one you know jordan Poole goes off for 30 in that in that game one i mean it just seems like this Warriors team is is slowly heating up at the right Man. time, and, and you know how dangerous they they can be when it comes playoff time, and, you know, it just seems like they're playing with kind of a edge on their shoulder, you know, kind of a chip on their shoulder and, and an extra edge. I think that they, you know, potentially could could sweep the Nuggets here. Yeah,
2: yeah, I'm definitely not surprised by the results so far, but what I am a little surprised about in that series is how they're doing it. Yeah. I mean, like you said, with uh, – with, uh, <laughs> with uh, Steph Curry coming off the bench and Jordan Pohl being pretty much the star of that mm-hmm. team averaging yeah. almost 30 points a game. In, yeah. in the first two games, he's playing phenomenal. If he right. can keep that up and, and Curry can actually rest a little bit, come off the bench and provide that kind of scoring. Right. Yeah. yeah. Th- this team could run away with a title. Right. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah. They, I, and I, like you said, Curry looks good. I, hey, I wouldn't be surprised. I think the nuggets will get one at home. Um, but uh, I don't look for this series to go. even in even the six games so yeah so all right well the one more series that's 2-0 and i'm not surprised by this one and that's the 76ers versus the Raptors. um uh to me you know the first win was by 20 points second win was by 15 points Mm -hmm. Uh, They there's no way they you know they have no answer for joel he's living finally i think to me living up to his potential Mm -hmm. in the playoffs um you know far a injury, you know, and god forbid I ain't seen that happen to anybody especially in the playoffs, but I, I look for the 76ers to sweep this as well.
0: Yeah, I think the Raptors are dealing with a lot of lot of injuries here on their on their team, you know, Scotty Barnes being our, our rookie of the year, you know, candidate there, being one of those guys that I, I think is a contributor that they they need to play and, you know, several others that are that are, you know, injured or dealing with, you know, illness or, you know, whatever, and I think it's just too much for for the Raptors to overcome. You know, I, I am a little bit surprised. I thought they put up a little bit better better fight yeah, here against –
2: That's what I was thinking too. I thought this would be a little closer than right. a 20-point win and a 15-point right. win. Right,
0: yeah. And I just think, yeah, the Raptors yeah. – I think if historically, even though they, they maybe don't have the size to match up with, you know, with Philadelphia, they're usually one of those teams that just like kind of grit and, and a lot of, you know, grind it out type, type you know, kind of teams. So I thought they get a little bit more physical. And, and, and in game two, it seemed like they – they had that or that's what they tried but then in the end it, it just they ran out of steam they ran out of gas they just couldn't couldn't keep it going couldn't sustain that that same effort yeah i don't i don't know that this one's gonna gonna be any different going back back to toronto if they don't you know get healthy or get some of those
1: players back to be able
0: to, to help them out okay
1: all right well um let's go uh there's three series that are tied one to one and let's get into one of those and that's uh and th- this is one i'm probably most surprised about and that's the suns versus the pelicans yeah yeah um you know and what's the status of devin booker uh, yeah yeah i don't know um well, yeah.
2: i read today he's out for the next two games for sure okay and it, could, it could be longer so oh, it's, wow if yeah, if, if they can't so get does that give New
1: Orleans the, the you know like the confidence that the they need, hey, we can beat this and team. Going back to New Orleans right, now, right? You yeah, know. we can
2: beat this and team. Definitely a little shot of adrenaline there, a little a little confidence yeah, they, boost.
1: Right, it had thirty one points in the first half. Right, could uh, uh,
2: New Orleans also possibly get back uh, their Zion. star player? there yeah. thinking, oh well, there maybe really be a chance to to move on here. Right, uh, yeah,
0: definitely. You know, when when you're the Suns, I think it's yeah, definitely not what you wanted or not what you wanted to. I mean they had aspirations of you know getting past this first round with with no problems but you know obviously they lose you know lose game two and in, in pretty you know dramatic fashion if you will and you know lose their star you know one of their star players in, in Devin Booker so I think that definitely puts more pressure on the on the shoulders of, of Chris Paul to to lead mm-hmm. this team and you know get you know pick up the slack and things like that um you know I, I don't know it's Definitely, the, the Suns are going to have to play better defensively, you know, going into Game Three and Four here back in New Orleans, if they if they want to keep you know keep it going. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we talk about how how well this team plays as a team. You know, well, put your money where your mouth is here, and and, yeah. and you know, it, it's yeah. it's it's go go time. I here. mean, if
1: I was going to pick out of all eight of them, if I was going to pick a series that I thought was going to be a sweep, that'd probably been my first pick, mm, right. and obviously that's out the window now. Yeah, and now the whole series I think is kind of in question with you know, not knowing the, the status of, of Devin. So, you know, I, man, I don't know. And I, I feel bad. Like I said, I hate seeing anybody getting
2: injured in the playoffs, but uh, right. yeah, I think w- without Booker, I, I think Phoenix still has enough to get it done. I think, I think, he, I think it probably goes six games though. Right. right a little bit and, longer and, than and, what they expect. Yeah. That, that really puts Phoenix behind and in, right. in, in rest and everything for right. how it should go in the playoffs. And then, you know, when Booker does come back, you know, you, you you strain a hammy, and that that can linger for a while. Yeah, that's one of those things. How he, effective is he going to be? When and the only thing that
1: heals a hammy is rest. So that's right, just right.
2: how long do you rest it? Right. You yeah. know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so I mean, if if he doesn't get back to a hundred percent, I I think that puts a huge damper on their their title mm-hmm. hopes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the the West just got a whole lot more open than I think a lot of us thought it was going into this. Thing. Yeah, okay. absolutely. All right,
1: let's go. uh, Let's go Jazz-Mavs, another series that's tied one-to-one. And I'm kind of surprised this one's tied one-to-one. But And because of an injury, Doncic hasn't played it in either game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the Mavs, I think, to me, kind of stole one, if you can say stealing one at home. Uh, but they did without, without their star player. So, you know, I think – you know, they, I think maybe at least one more game, I think they're going to set him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, what's your guys feeling going forward in this series? Yeah.
0: I think this is definitely going to be playing out to, I, I think it's going to go game seven. If, if Doncic can get, get back, even, you know, even getting back, I think he, uh, you know, is going to have to, uh, you know, figure it out or, you know, they, they've upgraded him because in the first two games, he was listed as, as doubtful in the first two games and now is being listed as, as questionable for, for game three. So I think, uh, you know, I think that's that's uh, you know where, where I'm at. You know, yeah, like you said, if, if you can say that the Mavericks stole one at their own you know home court, it definitely was game two. And what a phenomenal performance by by Jalen Brunson to to lead that team. You know, he's 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 showing that he you know could be ten- potentially be getting a big deal here here in free agency over the summertime. <laughs> Going to have some some teams that are definitely interested, and you know, hopefully the Mavericks can pony up some money to maybe potentially bring him back. But uh, yeah, I think. To go back to Utah, where where I think I saw a stat where the Mavericks have lost 11 straight at Utah, right. they're gonna need they're gonna need Doncic to come back at least yeah. at one of those games to steal one, you know, on the road. I don't think you can go back to Dallas being down three to one and, and expect to to pull this off. So I think yeah, he has to play in one of the next two games to, to give the Mavericks you know a real shot at, at potentially winning at least the get series.
2: Back tied at two to yeah. two and. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I'm interested though on, on how bad is what uh, Doncic's injury because I, I hear well he's going to sit one game. Oh, he's practicing today; he looks good. Then right. I hear oh he's going to be out the rest of the se- like. There's 110 different stories on how this is going to go, and usually when that's the case, it's it's actually probably worse than it is good, right? I, I don't, I really don't see Doncic playing at all in this series. Okay. I, I think Utah is going to take it, and mm-hmm. I, I think it goes six though. I think Utah takes it. So.
0: All right,
2: mm. all right, very good. Let's go, um, Milwaukee,
1: Chicago. Okay. A, a series that they only played one game. It's kind of an odd game to watch. I watched some some bits and pieces of it. Ninety three to eighty six. I don't low scoring effect. You know, yeah, you know, huh? I don't never see you know in the playoffs especially. You don't normally see uh, NBA teams you know keeping it that low. So um, you know, give me your give me your thoughts on this series, fellas.
0: Yeah, I think uh, if the Bulls had a chance to steal a game. this was it and so I think because they weren't that this one is is going to get ugly for for Chicago pretty quickly I mean the Bulls were down by 16 points at one point and actually like I think with five or so minutes to go in the fourth quarter they actually had a one-point lead going into the last five minutes of the game and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. obviously you know Milwaukee closed it out and and got the W but Milwaukee had 21 turnovers (laughs) Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday shot a combined 10 of 29 and, and you know the bulls still lost. They still lost. So like, I just feel like, yeah, that was the game. If you were going to try to steal one, that, that was it. I mean, the bulls didn't shoot very good themselves from the field, but you know, to be able to limit Milwaukee to, 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 you know, what they were able to do with that amount of turnovers, you know, like you said, if, if you were to tell me you're going to force a team to, to have 20 some turnovers and you still lose the game, like that's just unbelievable for, for me. So I think, yeah, the bulls, in, in for you know in for a series here I, I don't know if they may may be able to steal one game at home but you know I, I think if they all hope that they had of potentially making this an interesting series I think got the door got closed when they when they weren't able to really beat Milwaukee when mm-hmm. Milwaukee was down
2: yeah, yeah I was actually kind of surprised Milwaukee didn't kind of bully their way in into more you know a more physical <laughs> game because Chicago just doesn't have the size to match up with Milwaukee Milwaukee's mm-hmm. just so much bigger in the front court and, mm-hmm. and that's what's happened to chicago when they played milwaukee earlier this year milwaukee's just bullied them and I, I, that's kind of what i called coming into the series i thought it was going to be a short series with milwaukee just being able to run over them and like you said chicago had their chance to to steal a game here they didn't get it done i i think they probably get swept all right all right well, let's move on to the t wolves and the grizz yeah
1: um a series that's tied one-to-one you know, Jaw had a good game, uh, 23 points, 10 assists, nine boards, could have had a triple double, but he came out with like four minutes still to go in the game. Uh, and they still wound up winning by 28 points. So, you know, is that, is that the telltale? Is that the way the rest of the series is going to go? Yeah. Do you think?
0: Yeah. I think definitely interesting, you know, game one, obviously Timberwolves came out and, you know, set themselves apart. and I think it's I think you could go either way because you don't know which team for either one of for these teams is going to show up. Yeah. You know, in Game One, you know, it was a blowout by the Timberwolves. Game Two was a blowout by the Grizzlies. So, what are you going to get? You know, consistency wise from from both teams, night in and night out. So, I think that this definitely is going to ra- you know round out to be a, a an interesting series. Two of the youngest, you know, younger core teams mm-hmm. in in the league. Uh, two of the best offensive teams in the league. So, I think definitely going to see a lot of firepower, and I think it's definitely going to come down to who shoots the ball from three point land better on, on any given night. So I think that's that's gonna be the X factor the determining factor of who wins, you know, game three or, you know, going forward, who, who wins the rest of the
2: games. Yeah, I I agree with that analysis wholeheartedly. I you just you don't know who's showing up for each of these teams. Minnesota's got the ability to light it up. They uh-huh. can score a lot of points. They've got some very good good scorers on the team. Memphis with Ja Morant, you know, he he had himself in the MVP discussion throughout yeah. most of the years. So uh-huh. The guy's playing great ball. But if he, if he's not playing well, then the Memphis is is in for some trouble. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you know it's I, I think if uh, Minnesota can concentrate on trying to slow Morant down, let let everybody else on Memphis kind beat of do you. their thing, then I, I think they have a real shot. Make somebody else beat you. Not, don't yeah. let
1: job ja beat you. Right. Yeah, I think you know with the big cat playing like he is, um, I think that the T Wolves might have a shot here. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know he is your you know three point champion, so he's a big guy that can step outside. Um, and, and you know, knock down some shots, so right, I think I think that's could, that's could see potential. some interesting,
0: you know, some wild, wild west, if you will, of right. the top two seeds getting knocked Never out in the first round. And then, then it really is, like you said, Matt, anybody's ball game at that point of right. who could who could come out of the west. So, well,
1: the last one, and I think you know, this panel we talked about last week, kind of the series we were looking forward to the most, and the, the first game lived up to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the Nets and the Celtics, it was a one point win for the Celtics in the first game, um, you know, and Durant had a terrible game. He only went nine to 24 Mm -hmm. in that first game. Um, you know, didn't, didn't play well for, you know, by KD standards. So, um, and this, the teams are playing right now, actually Celtics are up by 10 at halftime, but, Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, tell me how you think the rest of this is going to
0: go. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely interesting in that in that game one. I mean, it definitely was kind of the the two-headed monster for both teams. I mean, uh, Tatum and, and Jalen Brown combined for 54 points, you know, for the Celtics, and Kyrie and Kevin Durant combined for 62 points, and I think it's definitely coming down to, to what, I, what I said, is that, you know, Kyrie and Kevin Durant for the Nets are always going to get theirs, and, you know, they're going to be there, can, you know, night in and night out, but what are you getting from everybody else? And, and and I think for the Nets to have a real shot at beating the Celtics here, they need somebody else, a, a third person, you know, somebody, you know, a role player to step up and, and, and help out contributing on, on the, you know, the scoring. And then I don't know if, I don't know if that's capable or, you know, whatever the, the case is with that. Um, and, and, there's still rumors flying around or whatever. Ben Simmons coming back, right. you know, available possibly the earliest game for, you know, who who knows? I mean, I don't know. And who even knows if he comes back what he's even going to be like. I mean, it's been almost a full year since the guys played basketball.
1: Uh, what, and what They're, they're showing him out for a back yeah, yeah. issue with his back. I didn't even know that was what he was dealing, with. dealing
0: um, with. But, yeah, so who knows? I mean, if he can come back and give him something, he may be that third – person to, to you know potentially put the nets over the edge but at the same but if, time but if
1: durant even has an average game for him right you know the nets would have taken that first game so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yes you know Kyrie shouldered a lot of the burden and mm-hmm. he let the fans know about it yeah the fans let him know about <laughs> right it. some kind
2: some, of a little off the court
0: issues you know <laughs> antics going back before you know between In, you know this his wallet's team. 50
2: grand lighter right right so you know what, what has to give give me and a lot of boston fans a lot of pause here is Boston was known for their defense all season long, and that game one they gave up 114 points. Yeah. Right? If if New Jersey can keep replicating that, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think Boston's going to score mm-hmm. 115 points on every given night. Okay. So I, I think that's that's a little scary for Boston. And then right. you got tonight; they've already, it's halftime, and they've given up 65 points to mm-hmm. to the Nets. So I, yeah, the the Nets are on a pace to score a whole lot of points, and and Boston being a defensive team, not living up to that right now. Yeah. That, I mean, that's what got them here. And if they can't do that, yeah. the Nets could give them all kinds of trouble and could possibly pull an upset. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Right. Well,
1: um, yeah, we kind of went a little bit longer tonight than we normally do, but I guess that'll make up for the fact that we won't be with you next week. Cause like we said, we are going to be out in Vegas for the NFL draft. Maybe do a couple, uh, updates from the draft, let you know how things are going out there next week. But, uh, We'll let Colton sign us out here.
0: Yeah, we we thank you for listening to Fired Up with your hosts Colton Cal,
1: Chief Rob Cal, Matt Cordes.
0: Uh, We hope you enjoyed our episode this week, and if you want to hear other topics for future episodes, or you know you just got a big burning sports question you want to hear hear us talk about here on the show, you know feel free to reach out to us on our on our social media. As we got an Instagram, our handle is uh, Fired Up underscore podcast, or you can find us over on Facebook at uh, Fired Up comma Sports Podcast, and you know, we also have a website, which is uh, firedup1.podbean.com. You can, you know, check out all of our past episodes on that website, you know, find a little bit of information about the show. And, you know, we're we're on every podcast platform you can think of, Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora, anywhere where you think you can find a podcast, you can find our show. So appreciate you guys listening. And as always, stay, stay fired well. up.